and welcome back to Ohio Right to Life's Pro-Life Podcast. My name is Lizzie Marbach, and I'm the Director of Communications for Ohio Right to Life. And on today's episode, we are going to be speaking with none other than Ohio's treasurer, Robert Sprague. Robert Sprague has done so much work for the pro-life community, but specifically these last couple of months, he has truly targeted getting churches involved. He's gone from congregation to congregation across the state to implore Christians to get out to vote yes on issue one. So we're going to talk to him a little bit more about that, as well as some other things concerning the pro-life issue here in the state of Ohio. Uh, Also, if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe so that you can stay up to date with everything that Ohio Right to Life is doing and give this video a thumbs up or comment down below so that we know your thoughts and so that we can get better on our podcast and bring you a more quality product. Uh, So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the interview. Treasurer Sprague, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you giving us the time. And what I really wanted to speak with you about is the work that you're doing, not only for issue one, but also all things pro-life. As a voter, when you go into the voting booth to decide who your state treasurer is going to be, you don't really uh, think about the issue of abortion affecting that vote, but you have proven otherwise that you have taken your role as a way to not only fight against abortion, but to build a culture of life. So do you mind just taking a second to introduce yourself to our listeners, even though I'm sure everyone is already aware of who you are, um, but could you just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done? Sure. Well, Lizzie, we, we've got a cultural life at home. I guess that's one of my key interests. We have five children. My wife, Amanda, and I live in Finley with our five kids. And uh, everybody's getting a little older now. Our oldest is 21 and our youngest is 11. But uh, it's pretty evident that each one of my kids is very, very different. And God has blessed them with different skills and talents and interests. Um, And uh, anyway, so I think that a lot of my interest, and you're right, it's my interest is not necessarily in just fighting against abortion, really is fighting for life and for children. Uh, and for us to have a culture of life in Ohio and for people to be able to build their families here. And uh, these value issues are important. It's important about who we are as a people and who we are as a state. Uh, And even more so, the the governing document, I don't know if you want to get into this constitutional amendment right now or, you know, talking about issue one and trying to protect our constitution, but these are things that affect all of us. And so I think I wear two hats here. One is I'm a constitutional office holder, uh, but the second is I, I'm a dad and, and, uh, and a parent, and uh, these things affect uh, my family and, and, um, and how we raise our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what you brought up with issue one, we talked about that a little bit uh, last week. And issue one, you've done amazing work on this front, uh, specifically when it comes to getting churches and Christians and pastors engaged. For the past couple of months, you have traveled across the state to really get pastors involved and talk to issue one and the election to their parishioners. So can you just explain a little bit more about what you've been doing on that and why you found it important to even engage churches in this fight? Well, I mean, I guess my feeling is that God is on the move uh, with this issue and in our state and in our families. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's time for the church to, to rise up and have a voice. You know, the separation of church and state is was originally designed. Uh, first of all, it's not the Constitution, but I mean, that concept really was designed to keep government out of the church, not have church 
uh, stay out of the way of government. And yet, you know, as members of, the, of, of Christ Church, we often kind of treat it that way. And uh, so I just felt like it was important for me, at least, to follow through on my values and make sure that I was doing my part to help educate uh, pastors and priests um, and everyone out there that wanted to know about issue one. And the way I ex explain it is that, you know, issue one is very, very simple. Um, right now, we have a very low threshold to change our state constitution. These special interest groups are coming in from outside of our state, and they're using this low threshold, which right now is at 50%, uh, to spend tens of millions of dollars to convince the people of Ohio for various things in their state constitution, the first of which is, is going to be an abomination of, of an abortion measure, uh, which will allow abortions uh, right up to the point of birth in the Ohio Constitution, which I cannot fathom uh, in our state. But, you know, there's going to be other issues that are brought forward by various groups. This is their this is their business model. They raise all this money from these donors around the country, and then they get paid huge campaign fees. And the media loves it because uh, they're spending a lot of money on TV commercials and on Facebook and, and uh, Instagram. But at the end of the day, they're going to try to convince us to, to change our constitution. And the threshold only being at 50% allows these special interest groups um, a lot of opportunity to, to make changes to our constitution. And so issue one is just about raising the threshold from 50% to change the Ohio constitution to 60%. Um, and, uh, and, and I think it, it's the one thing that we need to do this August to protect our state. Yeah. And so while you're out talking to churches and pastors and just Ohio voters, what have been some of the reactions and responses that you've been getting as you're telling the truth about issue one and why it's so important for us to get out to vote? What kind of responses have you seen? You know, I think that when, when first of all, only 19 percent of Americans support abortion in the third trimester. Uh, so I think people are it's very repulsive to think about a child that's fully viable outside the womb in the third trimester, capable of feeling pain, um, has a beating heart. To think about that baby being aborted or killed in the third trimester um, and putting that language in the Ohio Constitution, explaining to people how that language works uh, in the constitutional uh, amendment that's going to be proposed in November. I think that they're aghast, they're repulsed. Uh, but most people don't understand that. And it's and so we've got to get out there and really tell the truth and explain it. Uh, so that's the reaction I've been getting on that. And then I think uh, with regards to issue one and changing the threshold from 50 percent to 60 percent, um, you know, for the most part, I think there's mass confusion out there about what this very simple issue one and, and the August 8th election is about. And I think that's by design. I think the opposition uh, to raising the, the, the threshold to amend the Ohio Constitution once to sow confusion in people's minds. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of questions around this topic. But when people understand that it's simply about raising that threshold to uh, amend Ohio's Constitution from a vote of 50% of the people of the state of Ohio, which is essentially the only, that's the threshold that you need to amend or to pass a law. Uh, by the vote of the people. And you'd think that our constitution, that it should be a higher threshold than simply um, you know, voting on a law.
but you explain that it's you know simply changing that from a 50% to a 60% threshold and and uh, people agree that we need to protect our constitution. Yeah, absolutely. Um and you're so right when you actually explain issue 1 to voters Almost every single person that I speak to is like, well, of course, that's common sense. We should protect our constitution. And one of the most ad or uh, one of the most recent ads that came out from the opposition to issue one, uh, they compared changing our constitution to an Ohio State football game. And as a Buckeye, I love my Ohio State Buckeyes. I love college football, but. I, I don't think that our constitution should be denigrated and compared to a football game. Our the, the constitution is supposed to protect our most fundamental rights. It's supposed to be the most important document in the state of Ohio that guides all of our laws and protects our liberties and freedoms. And so I feel like that just really speaks to the other side, what they, how low they view the constitution and why they've always been okay with using it really as a loophole to push through their political agendas when they can't win elections in uh, the Ohio State House. They go to the Constitution to push through their radicalism. And that's what we see them attempting to do this November. You talked about it a little bit um, earlier, talking about the potential abortion ballot initiative uh, that that will more than likely be on the ballot this November. But could you talk a little bit more in detail about that? Because um, obviously we have issue one happening in August, and that's part of a huge reason why we need our voters to get out to vote on August 8th uh, for issue one is to stop this November ballot initiative. But the November ballot initiative goes so far beyond what most Ohioans are okay with. Even Ohioans that would call themselves pro-choice, it goes way further than what they could even imagine. So could you just kind of walk through a little bit what's at stake on November if we don't win in August? Well, in the November ballot, what they're going to put in the Constitution is, first of all, this abortion language. But the second piece, uh, and this is what really concerns me, I guess, as a parent in the state of Ohio, um, is, you know, we, we have five children. My, my youngest is Mary Hannah, and she's in sixth grade this next year. For her to have aspirin dispensed to her at school, I have to send her a note as her parent. Um, this proposed language says the state shall not interfere in any individual's reproductive decisions. And so an individual is Mary Hannah, even though she's only in sixth grade. And so this constitutional amendment would apply to her and she would be able to get uh, contraceptives from the school nurse without me even knowing about it. So without any sort of parental notification and certainly without parental consent, because the constitution will say that she gets to make all of her own decisions on this. And so that is, is I think, absolutely terrible. I mean, you know, you're having uh, children make these decisions at, at only under the influence of counselors and doctors and not mom and dad. I mean, that is, that is awful. Um, and then the second piece, you know, you think about my son, uh, Tate, he's a freshman in high school, you know, under this constitutional amendment, uh, he theoretically could be counseled by a school counselor and then referred to a doctor for a gender transition surgery. And they could give him drugs that would just, you know, uh, change his gender 
uh, permanently, and he would be sterilized permanently without any permission from mom and dad, without any notification from mom and dad. And here's the thing. As a father, I would be prohibited under the Ohio Constitution from being involved with that or being able to stop it. And so all of a sudden here, you really transfer the power to the doctors uh, and to the counselors and these other people that are going to be making decisions for your child or helping your child, I guess, you know, make these decisions and cutting out mom and dad. And it's going to have a dramatic effect um, on what parents are allowed to do in the state. And it's, it's going to be uh, you know, very significant and very damaging. Yeah. And, and just like you said, I mean, their goal is to cut parents completely out of the picture. And we've seen it all the way from the president. Uh, the, the president's office, they put out a video on Twitter where they were very clearly saying that your kids aren't just your kids. They're all of our kids. They belong to us, the government, not you as a parent. And so what do you say to some of the media that's been calling us liars, saying that, no, no, that's not what this amendment would do. You're just completely uh, misreading what the amendment says. It's obviously just going to give a common sense abortion amendment uh, to Ohioans. What? How do you combat that narrative that they're trying to push onto us? I think this is 100% about the transgender movement in the United States. Uh, if they get this um, language into the Ohio Constitution, uh, they are expected to spend uh, this much money and more in 11 other states if they're able to get it passed in Ohio. And so it's going to come to, you know, it's going to run all the way across the country. And this language, I mean, you don't have to be a legal scholar to read it and understand what it does. It says the state shall not interfere. In other words, the state shall make no rule uh, on for any individual's reproductive decisions. That clearly is including, um, you know, choosing what gender you are. That's yeah. a, that's a reproductive choice. So uh, under 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 the law or under the the definition, um, you know, legally, and so that just a plain reading of the of this constitutional amendment yields that conclusion. Um, I, I think you know, obviously, they want to say that it doesn't do that because that's that's uh, you know, Ohio Ohio voters are don't want that in their Ohio constitution, and they don't believe that. And they don't want that for their own families. Um, you know, you're taking away the ability for parents to be there for a child. And, you know, regardless of where you are on transgender issues or transgender surgeries, I've never heard anybody suggest that parents should be cut out of the equation uh, and should be prohibited from having uh, control um, over, over, you know, this whole process. So, um, you know, that's that's what I would say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's so clear that parents obviously should have a say in what's happening in their kids' lives, and they should be able to protect their children from irreversible damage and harm, which is obviously what I would say abortion and transgender surgery is, is it's irreversible damage that will be done to children who undergo these surgeries or get abortions. Parents have a right and also a duty to protect their children from that. And so for the state to come in and try to overstep 
and completely cut them out of the picture. It's just so far beyond what any Ohioan is okay with and comfortable with. And it's why it's just so important that we have people like you and leaders like you who have really been dedicated to getting the truth out there because we know that the media isn't going to share it. Um, they're they're going to try to cover it up. And so we really appreciate the work that you've been doing. And specifically me personally, I love that you've been going out there and talking to Christians because I think that if the church steps up and if the church gets involved, we can beat this. But it's when Christians cover their eyes and don't go out to vote and they just completely separate their duty as a Christian uh, it, from their civil duty uh, to participate in in voting and participate in what's happening. We as Christians, we're blessed enough to live in the country uh, uh, in, in America where we have the ability to affect our government. And I think that we have a civic duty and also a spiritual duty to love our neighbor by voting for the best policy that's going to uplift those who are around us. And voting yes on issue one on August 8th obviously is a way to do that, as well as stopping the um, ballot initiative that is coming in November is extremely important as well. I don't know if you have any final thoughts on that that you wanted to share. Yeah, I would just say that um, I, you know, I think it's obviously a duty for us as citizens to vote. It's our responsibility. I will tell you that just speaking about the church in general, uh, probably only about half of, of uh, Christians are registered to vote. And of those half that are registered to vote, only half of those actually vote. Uh, so you're talking about a quarter, a quarter of the members of the church actually vote and participate in the choices of government. And yet everybody is going to be affected by the Ohio Constitution. Uh, the August election is expected to be a very low turnout election. We're talking, I don't know, 8 to 15 percent. It could be you know, in that 8 to 10 percent range. Literally every vote will count. This, you're talking about a margin of, you know, maybe just a few thousand votes across the entire state of Ohio, a few thousand voters making decisions uh, for 11 and a half, um, you know, men, women and children and families in our state. And, um, you know, the, I, I, never again will your rights as parents be put to a statewide vote in the state of Ohio. Never again will life and death for babies be put on the ballot in the state of Ohio. Um, and so my hope is that um, you take the time just to to read the language. And I think a plain reading of the language, you'll sit, sit back and say, this is going to be a real problem for families in the state of Ohio. And maybe most importantly, for kids that are growing up in a very difficult world in the state of Ohio. Uh, and it's, this language does not belong in our Constitution, it does not represent the best of what we are. Amen. Uh, well, so just to shift gears for a final question is, so one of the things that I have noticed uh, as of late is since Roe has fallen last year, pro-life politicians, pro-life candidates who are running for office, they've been advised to kind of shy away from even talking about the life issue, shy away from bringing up abortion at all and just don't even really run on that and be quiet about the issue. Pro-life organizations have been told uh, to be quiet about the issue because we don't want to lose our elections. But obviously, as you just stated, this is an issue that matters, that, and that is life 
or death. It, it It is not one that's merely political. It's one that is cultural. And most importantly, it's one that's spiritual. So how can we as voters encourage our leaders like yourself and other elected officials or those who are seeking um to become elected officials, how can we encourage them to be bold and to be courageous on this issue and to not back down? Um, that's a that's a great question. I think that you know, as a leader, you you've got to shoot your arrows straight uh, and not care too much about winning, but rather do what you think is good and right uh, for the people that you represent and communicate to people your values, how you're going to make decisions, and what you think is important. And um, it seems like we're, we need a lot more of that truth telling in our country today, in my opinion. Um, so I think that's important, you know, for for leaders and, and people that are running for office to represent their values and and talk about their values and what they feel is important. I think the second part of this is that, you know, th- this issue t- to me is about is about children uh, in the state of Ohio. It's about being able to raise a nice family in our state. Um and in, and in many ways, uh, this issue is often couched in a very negative manner. You know, it's talked a lot about, you know, we, we use terms like abortion as all these negative connotations and people should be able to, to, to choose and, you know, all, all of these per, uh, kind of insinuations about women's health and protection. But at the end of the day, these are kids. You know, these are children. These are human beings that we're talking about. Um, and, uh, and I think it's, it's really important that we talk about these issues and that we're honest and we have an honest dialogue about them. And it's not popular, um, but, uh, but, but we've got to lead on these important issues or otherwise we're going to end up with um, the language that's been proposed for the Ohio Constitution. I mean, now is the time. Now is the time to stand up uh, and stand in the gap and have a voice on, on this issue in particular. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, like you said, now is the time, because if we don't, uh, November is coming very quickly. And if we if we don't and if we're too scared to talk about it, it could be enshrined in our Constitution, which is just insane to think about that the very document that's supposed to protect our rights could enshrine the right to take someone's life. And so it's just it's never been more important to get out and speak on on this issue. Well, Treasurer Sprague, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any uh, final thoughts that you want to share? Um, any any special projects that you've been working on concerning building a, a culture of life that you want to share with our listeners? Well, one of the things that we have in our office is, is we have a linked deposit program that helps lower the interest rate for families if they would like to adopt a child and welcome a new child into their home and into their family. And I'd love to share with you a story about adoption because I think adoption is the flip side of abortion. Um, it talks about the, the, the life of the child and that child being in a loving family. Um, the example I would give to you is one up in of Kelly up in uh, Northwest Ohio who had three boys and they adopted a fourth child, a little girl. And the adoption agency went to Kelly and asked her if she would share her testimony one night to some other young mothers that were thinking of giving their babies up for adoption. And Kelly did that. And after the program, a young lady of about 20 came up to her and something inside Kelly said that she had to reach out to this young mother. 
And uh, Kelly did. She took her out for coffee the next day, lunch the day after, helped her with a repair for, for her car, and then invited her to church. And she began going to church with them. And uh, six months later, Kelly gets a call from the hospital. And the hospital says, your baby is ready to be picked up. And Kelly didn't understand what was going on. She texted this uh, young lady and, and she texted back and said that she had been discharged from the hospital, but the baby was still there. And Kelly thought maybe that the baby was hurt or injured. And the young mother texted her back, no, you don't understand. There was a reason that I met you. I want my little girl to be raised by you and I want you to be her mother. And I've signed over the adoption papers for you uh, today. And the hospital said, you have 12 hours to make this decision. And Kelly said yes. And her family said yes. And she said, Robert, she's eight years old now. And she is the girl at school that everybody wants to be best friends with. Uh, she's the one out of my five children that crawls up on my lap at night and, and looks into my eyes and says, Mommy, you are so beautiful. And she said, that's not the way, not because we're great parents. It's, it's just because that's the way God made her. And she had a chance of life. Her mother didn't want her, but we did. And, um, and she's just a beautiful part of our family. And so I think that we have to understand that that, that is also a part uh, of this story. And we need to have more stories like Kelly's in the state of Ohio. Yeah, well, and let me just say, Treasure, I am 30 weeks pregnant myself, and so I'm trying not to cry while you're sharing that story because it really is just so moving to think about each individual life that this issue impacts. And like you said, a, adoption really is the flip side of that, of someone choosing life and seeing the value of that human life that's inside the womb. I just had my 15-year-old nephew come and stay with me this past week. And um, I he actually was born, uh, my, my sister was 18 years old when she found out that she was pregnant. And so obviously she was in a very tough situation. She was the, the typical young girl that the abortion advocates like to prop up as an example as to why we must have abortion necessary. Uh, my sister, you know, was in a religious home where she might not have the support of her parents and she was scared, but she chose life. And obviously our family stood beside her and, and helped her through that decision. But I could not imagine my life without my little nephew, Josiah. It's just the joy and blessing that he brings to our family has just been immeasurable. And that's how every single life is. Uh, when you see all these stories, it's just an immeasurable blessing that these new innocent lives bring to families and those who they impact around them. And it, it just can't be stated enough stories like that. So thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we encourage you to continue to go out there and lead the way that you've led. It takes courage and boldness really to go out there. Like you said, it's a hard issue, especially for politicians to talk about, uh, especially when they're being pressured not to. But we appreciate you not backing down and continuing to lead on this and recognizing the urgency that's at, at play with uh, this issue. And so, uh, Treasurer, do you mind just telling all of our listeners where they can stay up to date with the work that you're doing and uh, keep in, in touch with your office? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, on the official side, and this is not uh, something that I'm necessarily doing in my official capacity as state treasurer, but certainly uh, you can Google our, our website for the state treasurer's office. And if you want um, 
information on our Family Forward program, which is about adoption. Uh, you can seek it there. It's, it's a great new program that we have, and we partner with all the local lending institutions, um, and it's easy to use these linked deposit programs in the treasurer's office. So we hope you take advantage of it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.